We're starting this series in Acts with a purpose that we, we have come, we recognise we're coming out of a, a time of COVID and church has been really different. The way we interact, the way that we are taught, the way that we uh, do ministry and church life. Uh, and in some ways we're sort of starting out again. And there's a worldwide trend, a, a large trend in churches of um, that, that, that are, have lost number, that people aren't going to church anymore or going less regularly. And we sense that there's a, a need to, what we see in Acts is the beginning of the church, the New Testament church. And we want to come and, and, and see just not today, but throughout this series, the underlying character traits of the early church, the principles of coming together to worship our Saviour, being together as God's people, his church. Acts 1 verse 1, it says, In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he was taken up to heaven after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. After his suffering, he showed himself to these men and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion while he was eating with them, he gave them this command, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptised with water, but in a few days you'll be baptised with the Holy Spirit. So when they met together, they asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to know the times or dates the father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. After he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes and a cloud hid him from their sight. They were looking intently up into the sky as he was going when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. The the book of Acts, the very first verse introduces us to who it was sent to, Theophilus. But it also introduces us to the author. In fact, the author is none other than Luke. Luke is considered uh, quite the historian. We know Luke also to be a physician, a doctor. And the Gospel of Luke includes in its, interesting, in, in its first verses, it seemed fitting for me, having investigated everything carefully from the beginning, to write it out for you in consecutive order, most excellent Theophilus so that you may know the exact truth about the things that you've been taught. So so not really a a sequel as such, but we we look at Luke and and the Gospel of Luke and the recordings of Acts 
as Luke's writings of kind of like a volume one and volume two. In fact, Luke's uh, contribution into the New Testament is uh, actually the largest contribution of any author. Well, when we consider Paul's writings, we, we, we think it would, must be Paul, but it's interesting that Luke's writings, both very similar in length, the Gospel of Luke and Acts, it's actually the largest contribution into the New Testament. And we get this break between the Gospel of Luke and the writings of Acts where the ascension of Christ is. But we sort of have this little bit of overlap. If you go back to Luke and look at those last few verses and you look at these first few verses we've just read in Acts and we have this bit of overlap. Um, the thing that came into my mind during the week was a, a, a bit of a, uh, and if you watch much uh, Netflix, Ken, no, what are you, a Stan man or you Disney Plus? No, just Channel 7, 9, 10. Free to air, of course. Well, even on free to air, you know, you get there, you flick it on and you, your series or there might be something you're watching and you'll get to episode two, you know, or the next episode and it's usually the first 30 seconds of the next episode. It's like a, there's a recap. Um, you can skip the recap or you can sit there and watch, see what's happened, you know, just to refresh your memory, catch up. And so I sort of see that, you know, we, we get to this place in Acts and this writing. And uh, Luke says, in my former book, I wrote about Jesus, what he is able to do and teach. And we get a little bit of overlap, a bit of a recap. And we come to this place where there's a dramatic change in the Apostles. You see, as we near the end of the gospel, we have apostles in hiding, bewildered, confused, reluctant to speak of their Christ. And when we shut the the book to the gospels, when we close that, we must consider, well, what's of these apostles? What's next? Are they living the rest of their lives like this in hiding? Scared? Or will there be a boldness and a courage to speak the truth of Jesus Christ? And that same questions and Challenges can be on our hearts here in Monty 2,000 years later. What is 2023 going to be like? Will we take the convictions of our hearts and boldly share them with our community, with our family, with our students that are learning alongside us? And this morning, as we give a small overview of Acts, I also want to highlight the, 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 the what I've identified in the transformation of the apostles that took them from this end of the Gospels in hiding and 
fearful and taking a step back to this bold, courageous people who took the movement Jesus started through Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And those three things, not specifically in order, are firstly the resurrection of Jesus, that Jesus is alive, that he conquered death, that Jesus actually appeared to them. And he says, peace, peace be with you at the end of the Gospels. Here's my my hands, my feet, it's me. It's I, Jesus, your Lord. And he teaches them and blesses them and he leaves them. The resurrection of Jesus Christ. The, the Holy Spirit coming into their life. The one that Jesus had promised, the comforter. Not, not a, not the, not the presence of God that would come and go. But when they made a decision for Jesus by faith to follow him, just as you and I today can claim that when we make that decision, the Holy Spirit of God makes his dwelling in our life. And I recognize that that is a huge part of the transformation of the apostles. But there's another element that I want to highlight more today. And I think it plays a really critical role in in taking apostles, as I said, at the end of the Gospels who were in hiding and fearful, to apostles who were courageous, and standing up for the truth and putting their lives on the line and living for God. And these aren't the things that don't apply to us. In fact, it very much applies to us in 2023. And that third one, that third element that I see in this transformation is that they now understood the Scriptures that the apostles now understood the scriptures. And when I say scripture, I'm talking about the Old Testament. The plan of redemption that God had set in motion all the way back at the beginning since the fall of man. Through the prophets, seen through the Psalms, that worked its way through Jesus Christ. That we see at the beginning of this early church in Acts, they now come to an understanding of the Old Testament. If you go back into the Gospel of Luke, we're we're made very much aware that they were originally confused about the Old Testament that they knew and its teachings and who Jesus was and why he was why he had come to earth. They misunderstood. And on three occasions, Jesus in the Gospel of Luke in chapter 9 and, 
and also in chapter 18, he speaks to them about his death. And on each occasion, we're told by Luke that they, they didn't understand. When Jesus spoke to his followers about his coming death, they didn't understand. They didn't understand the suffering Messiah. They couldn't connect it to their, uh, to their, 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 their roots in, in Judaism, connect the suffering Messiah to the Messiah that they thought was coming at that time to rescue Israel. And it's highlighted in Luke 24 in the last chapter of volume one, if you like, of Luke's writings. And you're very familiar, I'm sure, with the, the, the story of Jesus with the, the two disciples on the way, on the road to Emmaus. They didn't know Jesus had been raised from the dead and they were sad. It says, because they hoped Jesus would set Israel free. They were thinking about just that time. And they were confused about what the Old Testament had taught about the Messiah. And that is until Jesus, although his identity was hidden from them at the time, explains the scriptures. And for the first time they start to begin to understand the Old Testament. And and later in that chapter, here's where it gets really good. Luke records in verse 45 of chapter 24. He opened their minds to understand the scriptures. In Luke 24, verse 45, he, uh, sorry, verse 44, Jesus is speaking to his disciples. This is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets and the Psalms. Then he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. He told them, this is what is written, the Christ will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day and repentance and forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. You are witnesses to these things. And Jesus explained to the disciples that through the Old Testament, the, the prophecies speak to the faith, to, to the, the Messiah would suffer and die and rise again. And the good news of that salvation will be preached and people will repent and be saved by faith. And in verse 49, he says, I'm sending forth the promise of my Father upon you. And that's the Holy Spirit. To do what? Well, as Luke ends, we see this little bit of crossover. And if you turn to volume 2, Acts chapter 1, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes, Jesus said. You'll be my witnesses. 
And they weren't sent out until the Spirit came. And the Spirit didn't come until the resurrection of Jesus. We know that. But importantly, they had to come to an understanding of the Scriptures, of the Old Testament, what it spoke about, the Messiah. And you might be thinking like I do, well, why is that actually so important? As we'll see over the coming weeks, the, the book of the, of the Acts is, is really highlighting two main characters. There is Peter up until chapter 12 and then from 13 onwards we have really the work of the Apostle Paul. There's some other characters along the way and uh, like Stephen and, um, and some others and we will go into those throughout this series. But really the, the highlight of, the, of Acts, these two main characters is Peter and Paul. And Peter's focus is to the Jews because this ministry is starting in Jerusalem and Judea. And then it's about Paul's ministry whose focus shifts to the, the Gentiles. So you see, as Peter brings this message of good news, this message of salvation, he's coming to, a, to, to the, 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 the Jewish people with their understanding of scripture that he's aware of, but he uses that scripture that his eyes have now been opened to by the power of the Spirit, uses that scripture to show the people this is who the Messiah is. This is God's plan for salvation. You need to repent of your sins. You need to Acknowledge Jesus as Saviour, that he is God, that he died and he rose again. And in chapter 2 and 38, for the forgiveness of sins that you would be baptised and receive the Holy Spirit. I had a... You have to be vulnerable when you when you speak. I, I find that you have to be vulnerable when you come up and open God's word um, and be challenged by the message. And, and, and what hit me about this truth about understanding the scripture and and we and we'll see in a moment just about the conviction and the. The, the joy and, and the, the, the courage that they had to share. As I look in my long, long life, as I'm in my old age now, 42, and consider a, a, a little boy who made a decision for Christ, and I consider my journey of faith. And there have been times in my life to really just be so open and courageous to, to talk about the things of God to people. And there have been moments and times 
to sort of just turn around the other way and maybe walk away from a circumstance or walk away from a group, maybe just not say anything, take it, you know, it would just be, there'd be confrontation, there'd be kickback. It's much easier to just say nothing. And I think there is a, a wonderful, there's a wonderful thing to see when a, a new believer, like an, someone who in their 20s or 30s, you know, someone who's older, who's lived a life and you see that wonderful transformation, you know, that change. And that's a great thing to share, that experience. It's a great thing to hear. But we also recognise people at that point are very immature spiritually and there's a long way to go of understanding God's word. And what struck me as I considered this is the correlation and the consequence of ignoring God's word, of neglecting time with God, continually leads to a place of wanting to just stay quiet, wanting to just not get involved in the conversation. Wanting to just not take a step out and say, hey, this is the good news of Jesus. But the times when I'm regulating God's word and considering his love and grace in my life and spending time and building a stronger relationship with my creator is a time when I'm ready to step out and be courageous for the faith. I don't know how that sits with you, how that challenges you, how you consider that. But I also start to appreciate the joy and the excitement as I read through Acts and the courage that these apostles have in sharing the good news as they, for the first time, grasp the Messiah the saviour of the world from the prophecies in the Old Testament and its connection to the power of salvation and this worldwide movement that Jesus started. Breaking bread and taking the cup, devoted to the teaching, prayer with each other and fellowship with each other because we've got this commonality in Christ. The answer, the the resurrection, understanding the scriptures and the Holy Spirit, I I see as this wonderful transformation in the apostles. Vision Sunday. If our church is, and any church, is confused about our mission, our purpose, then we will quickly lose our impact. I I don't think it's obscure or difficult or complicated. And as we go through the book of Acts, I, I hope and I pray that it will become very clear about the characteristics of the early church, the things that are important 2,000 years ago that are still very important that we stick to today. 
that God would impress on our hearts the need to tell people about the gospel, to repent, to be baptised in the name of Jesus, to receive forgiveness and the Holy Spirit. Isn't that our job? Isn't that our purpose? Isn't that our mission? Peter stood up in the midst of followers and men and women, a gathering of about 120 people. But it doesn't stay that size for very long as you read on. Chapter 2 and 41 on the day of Pentecost in response to the preaching, those who had received the word were baptised and added about 3,000 that day. This church of 120 to 3,000. How would we go here, that car park? We'd need to build one up, multi-level, I think. You go down to verse 47 of chapter 2 and the Lord was adding to their number day by day those who were being saved. This continuous day by day. And we don't even know the number, but you go to chapter 4 and verse 4 and many of those who heard the message believed. And the number of men came to be about 5,000. We're not even talking about the women and children at this time. We might be approaching 10,000. It's the last of the specific numbers because the church is going so fast. Chapter 5 and 14, more and more and more believed in the Lord. Chapter 6, 7, the word of God kept on spreading and the number of disciples continued to increase greatly in Jerusalem and many of the priests were becoming obedient to faith. Chapter 9, the murder of Paul experiences salvation on the road to Damascus and his mission to the Gentiles starts in chapter 13. And as the gospel and the early church spread beyond Jerusalem, thousands upon thousands come to faith. It's estimated in the AD 150, maybe about 60 or 70 years after Pentecost, I'm sorry, after the writings here of the early church, that there was around 40,000 followers of Jesus. And by the, the year 200 AD, that rose to over 218,000. And in 2023, we live today in a world estimated of 2 billion people who call Jesus their Lord. What a movement that started by the resurrection of Jesus Christ where he opened the minds of his few followers to understand who he is, the Messiah in relation to the prophecies of the Old Testament and the power of the Holy Spirit came upon them and they set out boldly and courageously telling them about the transformation Jesus has made in their life. And we have the same calling, the same mission today. Take the good news, tell people about what it means to repent of their sins, to 
change the way that they live and think, to receive forgiveness, to receive the power of the Holy Spirit. We are just as much part of this movement that we're going to be hearing more about over the coming months from Acts. The cultures have changed, but the mission stays the same. Follow his calling, be obedient, and Jesus will build his church. Father God, we thank you for your word that we can open it and know it's truth. That we don't need to add to it to make it sound any more exciting or special. But we have something that is extraordinary. A message of salvation. Something that I hope has changed all of our lives here today. Lord, may we be bold and courageous. May we not neglect spending time in your presence that you would challenge us to speak to our neighbour, speak to our family, speak to our work colleagues, speak to our people in our local shops and communities. And like we spoke about last week, just keep planting the seeds knowing that you are at work. We trust you in this and we want to be obedient. May that be our on our hearts. Impress it, Lord, I pray. Amen. Thank you for listening. Thanks for being here today and uh, trust you can uh, stay and, and have a cup of tea and coffee in the foyer together. Thanks.